Amen. <laughs> when death was arrested and my life began. You know, this morning I put on Facebook that he is risen. Oh, death, where's my victory? Where's your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? I want to tell you something. Death is, has no victory and it has no sting. Amen? Because, you know, we know, those of us who know Christ, those of us who know what God's Word says, death is, for us, a step forward. Amen? We want to do what God's called us to do while we're here, but we want to keep going forward. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed, they said. Hallelujah. I hope you're excited about that. Some of you look excited. Some of you don't. I know it's early, but it's not that early. It's earlier than we're normally here, but praise the Lord. You know, we've been doing a series this the past four weeks. This is the last part of it on passion and the love of Christ and what that love was about and what he did for us. And, you know, we began out by saying, what was this passion filled? It was fueled by the agape love of God. Amen? You remember that? It was, it was fueled by the agape love of God. And, and how that love is different than any other love because it's unyielding. It, it has no boundaries. It, it, it goes forever and ever, and it stretches over everything. God's love. And then the second week was about humble love, how Christ humbled himself. He, he was able because of his love to humble himself. He, he was the king of kings and still is the Lord, king of kings and lord of lords. But he was willing to come down to earth to humble himself and to become a man and to allow himself to be you know, killed and beaten for us. And then last week we talked about that perfect love and how Christ was an example of that perfect love. And this week, we're going to talk about his unstoppable love. Do you know there's nothing could stop his love? You know, we as humans, a lot of times, we let all kinds of things stop our love, right? Well, he made me mad, so I don't love him anymore or her anymore or whatever, right? Christ's love was unstoppable. No matter what they did to him, as he hung on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The soldiers couldn't stop him, stop his, him, stop his love. The crowds couldn't. The nails couldn't. Even the grave couldn't hold him. That love was coming through, and his purpose was to show God's love to us, and he, that's what he did. And nothing was going to stop that. Amen? Nothing could stop that. Nothing, and it's still going on, and it never would. And Jesus, through that, he overcame it all and was raised from the dead. He fulfilled his purpose on earth, and that was to sacrifice for our sins. You know, as Christians, we, we're supposed to be, and hopefully we identify with his death, right? And how we identify with his death is we give up our old lives, 
When we accept him, we, get, we become new creatures, right? We give up that old life and that old way. And we embrace his Holy Spirit living inside of us to release in us God's love, to release in us God's love for everyone. You know, and G nothing could stop him. You know, even as we talked about last week, when he walked up and looked over the city of Jerusalem, he's like, they're not going to understand. I know what they're not. That didn't stop him. You know, we're bad about, well, they're not going to listen to me anyway, so I'm just going to say anything. No, that didn't stop Christ. That shouldn't stop us. That shouldn't stop us. You know, our, our love, as we talk about this unstoppable love, our love is so many times, it's tied to how we feel, right? It's tied to what we want, what we need. You know, our needs being met, I, you know, I love as long as it, my needs are being met. And I, I, we change the way we feel. Even what we look at, it changes our love. Unfortunately, some people, you know, they, their love is only based on looks, right? They see someone, I love the way they look. They're so beautiful. They get married and 10 years later, they're like, what happened? Sorry, I'm, I mean, I'm being honest, it's, you know, but that, because of that, some people, that, their love is, I don't love them anymore because it was not based on anything but the way they looked, right? You know what, that's called conditional love. That's stoppable love when it's based on everything. But when your um, love is based on Christ and God's kind of love and God's agape love, it's unstoppable it doesn't change. You don't care. When you really, really love the person you're with, you don't care what they look like now or, you know, because you may not be looking in the mirror, but you don't look the same either. <laughs> right? And God's unstoppable agape love, it's, it's, um, it's he loves even when it's, it's not reciprocated back. Right? He loves everybody even though they don't love him. He loves the sinner even though the sinner doesn't love him, right? He, he lo his love is it's not based on what you do. Whether you accept him or not, he still loves you, right? So, and what I want to talk a little bit in a minute about is, is how do we grab hold of this unstoppable love? How do we grab hold of that? You know what? God loves you when you're nasty, <laughs> when you're rude, right? When you're mean, right? It's hard to love people when they're rude, nasty, and mean. But God loves us through our rudeness, our nastiness, and our meanness. And even after we accept Christ, we, we still sometimes have that in us, and he loves us anyway. If, if, if it had been based on that, he'd have never went to the cross. You know what? And he loves us when he's getting nothing out of the relationship. He loves you even though you're not giving him praise or you're not loving him back. You know, we should be able, as, as if we're married, to realize that, you know, sometimes we, we love even though 
We don't feel like we're getting anything out of it at the moment, right? A lot of times that's because you're looking for the wrong thing out of it. So God's love is evident in, in the fact that he sent Jesus and that Jesus went to the cross and he was, was uh, beaten and killed for us and he rose again bringing us salvation that we could have eternal life. So I want to I just read that scripture in Luke 24 that talks about <clears throat> what happened that morning. It said, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. Now let me just think about that. They weren't expecting him to be alive. Even though he had told them they were, we're going to fix, you know, his body because said they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus as they stood there puzzled. Now, you know, that should have sparked. He said he was going to rise again. Maybe he is risen again. No, they were, in their mind they were puzzled. Somebody's done come stolen that body, then stole that body and took it away. Where is it? They were still not looking at the, at the right thing. They were still not looking at, and his love was still there. And then it said, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Could you imagine just how bright that must have been? Bow. Then the, man, the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Don't you know that immediately may have spark, that sparked something in them? Oh, man, what are we doing? We're looking for a dead man, and he's not dead. He did say... He was coming back. He said, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. They forgot all the good that he had said. And they forgot the fact he said, I'm rising again. Don't worry about it. I'm going to, they're going to kill me. I'm going in that grave, but I'm coming back. But they had forgotten all that. That's, think about it. They didn't go to that tomb expecting to see Jesus rose from, risen from the dead. They expected to see him laying there. They were going to fix his body and they were going to bury him. They had forgotten. How easily do we forget what Christ has done for us? We're in the midst of something. We're like, ah, this ain't good. And we forget what Jesus did for us. And then we have to be reminded, just as they had to be reminded. It said, and it's like when they told them that story, they remembered. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? They remembered. The good thing is they remembered and they got excited. They had to go tell everybody, right? They it said they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. Jesus did do what he said he was going to do. He was risen from the dead. They were excited. They were very excited. They went from mourning probably all the way to there. I don't know how far it was, but they walked there. They're mourning. They're sad. We're going to see his dead body. It's going to be cold. We're going to put these spices on him. We're going to wrap his body up, and we're going to put him in the grave to he 
is risen. Hallelujah. You know, when we, we realize in ourselves that Jesus is risen, we get excited. We should. Right? We should. That's why I put in the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It has no sting. Death has no victory anymore for, the, for, the, for the, the Christian, for those who know Christ. And we have that opportunity. So we got, Jesus didn't just do this just to save us, but he did this so that we could tell everybody else. And I'm sure these ladies, when they ran, they had unstoppable love. They were going to tell. They were so excited. They wanted everybody to know Jesus has risen from the dead. We need to have that unstoppable love in us. And not only is Christ's love unstoppable, it's inseparable. You can't separate you from Christ's love. Nothing can separate. And Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever, what is it saying? Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. It doesn't matter what happens. God still loves you. There's nothing that can take that away from you. There's nothing, nothing you can do. You can't do anything bad enough. <laughs> you know, and, and a, a, a lot of people think, well, you know, I have these certain feelings in me, so God doesn't love me anymore, so I'm, just, I'm done with him. See, that's why a lot of people can't get help from where they're at. They, they, they've believed a lie. And they put themselves in that place, and they're sitting there, and they're like, God doesn't love me anymore because this has happened. Maybe it's just because I'm different than other people. Whatever the case may be. But Jesus loves you where you're at, right? And he wants to pick you up out of that. It's us realizing that nothing can separate us from that love. God loves us no matter where we're at. We might be in the deepest pit. We might be in the deepest place. We might be in the worst place we could be. We might be doing the worst things that we could ever do. Then it goes on to say, neither death nor life. So not just death can't separate you, but life can't. What you do in life cannot separate you from Christ. His love is inseparable. It doesn't matter. He still loves you, and he's standing there waiting for you just to run back into his arms. Isn't that awesome? Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today. Those fears you have can't separate you from his love. Because we know with fear comes doubt, disbelief. It can't separate you from his love. He still loves you nor our worries about tomorrow. You know what the Bible says about worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Matthew 6, 33, I'll take care of you. I'll supply all your needs. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able 
to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nada, nothing, 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 no thing, no person, no place, no situation, no circumstance, nothing, nothing, nothing can stop the unstoppable love of God, the awesome love of God. Nothing can stop that. You, you can't stop it. You know, and I think sometimes when we get into certain situations, when we believe a lie, when we, we put ourselves in a place and we think, well, I've got it figured out, this is not right, and, and, and we try to stop his love, you can't do it. You might want to get as far away as you can. He still loves you, and you know that. That's why a lot of times you stay away from certain people because the love of Christ exudes in them, and you don't want to be near them. I don't want to feel that. Just get that away from me. Because you're afraid that you'll go back into that. So you know what? Through Christ, we're to have what? Unstoppable love the same. So I'm not just going to make this about Christ's love. It's about us being Christ. We're, we're, we're little Jesuses to the world. We're the example to the world. We're being Christ to the world. And we have to have that unstoppable love in us. We got to let it flow out of us. And that comes only through the Word and through the Spirit of God that we can do that. You know, the, the chances are there's, there's a lot of people hearing my voice today. There's something in your life. that will attempt to stop you from following Jesus. There's something maybe going on in your life that will tempt you and say, you know what, this, you ought to just go this route. It's better. Then you don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to be concerned about it anymore. You can just do what you want to do. No, you can't. You know what, one of the reasons is because his love is there and you can feel it, and you know it. That's why you run from it, which is crazy. But we do that at times in our life. We run from what Christ has for us, for the love he has for us. You know what? There are distractions that come in our life. There are distractions that pull us away, try to pull us away from Christ's love. It could be a sin, something that, you know, it's one of those sins that just tries to hang out with you all the time. <laughs> but we have to keep our eyes focused on him. We have to realize how his love. You know, if we can sit there and think about his love never stops. It didn't stop at the cross. It didn't stop at the resurrection. It's still going on and on and on and on. And it doesn't matter how many times you've been Knocked down. How many times there have been setbacks in your life? How many times those things have happened? Nothing can negate God's love for us. Nothing. <laughs> he loves you when you just look, in, just look and say, you know what, God, I don't want anything else to do with you. Leave me alone. He's, I can't. I won't. I love you. That's his agape, unstoppable love for you. Wow. 
to know that he loves us that much. You know, parents, you know how you love your children. No matter what happens, you still love them, right? Even when they look at you and tell you they don't love you, you still love them. And if we can act like Christ and, and love them more and more, he'll bring them back around. So we have to realize his unstoppable love. We have to realize that there's nothing that can negate that love. There's nothing can take that love away. He loves you wherever you're at. So in order for us to have that, one of the things we have to do is we have to die to sin. And just what does that mean? We hear that statement, you must die to sin, right? You ever really thought about what does that mean? I, I didn't bring it with me. That's okay. Just pretend that I have a phone in my hand and the battery is dead, dead, dead. Now, I'm going to make a little thing here, and I know y'all going to throw at me, but that's okay. But I know those who have iPhones, that's what happens most of the time. They walk around with a charger in their hand because they got a charger. I'm sorry. I say that because I don't have an iPhone. I just like to kid my wife because she walks around with a charger. Um, even the new one she got, I thought that would cure it, but it didn't. But I think that's a user error. Because the iPhones have caught up with the good phones. <laughs> so, we, 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 let me just say it this way. When it's charged up, we, it gets a lot of our attention, right? If you don't believe it, just walk into any place, any restaurant, any home, and what's everybody doing? Wonder what, wonder what Matt said on Facebook about me. I just posted. Did anybody like it? Did anybody comment? Anybody do the thumbs up? Right? What was it? I'm med what did they say? I'm meddling? That's what a guy used to say. But when it dies, you're upset. You pay it no attention. And at that point, it has no power over you anymore until it's charged back up. If we can take sin and kill it, or when it loses its power, leave it alone. Don't charge it back up because at that point, it can't bother you anymore. Right? It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. No longer can it bother you. At that point, just say you can't find your charger. At that point, it's done. Right? It's gone. And then you begin to see that there are other things you can do. Like talk to somebody. <laughs> and I'm guilty, so don't, don't think I'm just honking my horn at you. Romans 
8, 12 through 15 says, Therefore, you know, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't have to do those things that come up. You don't have any obligation. You're not required <laughs> to do that. See, we have to learn to repent when we sin and push it as far as the east is from the west, get it out of our way. And you have to refer back to the phone. What does dying to sin actually look like? It looks like that dead phone. When it's dead, there ain't much you can do about it anymore till it's charged back up. So when it's sent, that's why we need to get it as far away as we can. Just imagine this, and I know none of you would ever do this, but just imagine you're at the beach, at the ocean, and your phone dies and you just sling it as far as it'll go out there. There ain't nothing you can do about it then for sure. It's gone. Or you're in an airplane and you could throw it out the window, throw it out the window, it's done. And he goes on further in, in Corinthians, Paul does, and says, For if you live by its dictates, you will die. You'll come to a place when you don't see that. It, that love's there, but you don't feel it anymore. Because you went so far into this, you've allowed that sin to pull you way far away. It's still there. All you have to do is recognize it. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death, to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Let me go on. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, Daddy God. See, what do we do to get rid of that sin? We get in the Word of God, and we allow it to change us. It changes what we think about and how we think about it and everything else. If we put more time into that, if we put as much time into that as we do in the other stuff, wow, we would be full of the wisdom of God. Amen? And it would be pouring out to those around us. And his love would be pouring out to those around us, just like Christ. So we must die to sin. We must get rid of those things that clamor us, that attack us, those things that pull us back and pull us away from God. We have to realize those are the things we've got to get rid of and begin to add Christ back to those things and to those situations. And then what do we do? We live for Christ. We die to sin and what? Live for Christ. What does live for Christ mean? 
It means to do what his word says. It means to spread his word to everybody. It means to allow his love to flow through you. It means to walk in his path. It means to be like him to the world around you. You know, Jesus knew and still knows every feeling that we could ever have. He knows what goes through our mind. He knows the temptations that go through our mind. He knows the, the, the things that we face. He took everything on the cross physically, mentally, in every way, he took that on the cross. So you, when something happens, he knows what you feel like. He knows what that feels like. He knows what that temptation feels like. And he rejected all of that for you and me so he could show us a way. He could show us the way to live, the way to walk. And see, that's how we can have a fulfilled life no matter what's going on. Because those things that we want don't fulfill us. Those things that we need don't fulfill us. His love does. His love fulfills us. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Loving, living for Christ takes real action. We don't just accept Christ and he makes everything good and we just keep on. It takes action. It takes action on our part. We have to start doing what he says to do, right? We have to start doing those things. We have to have action. Um, you know, faith is an action word. And in order for us to have faith, we have to have action. Walking in faith takes what? Action. And you know what? We've been given by Christ the opportunity to spread his love. And it should be an opportunity to you. It, shouldn't just, it should never be a burden. It should be an opportunity. It should be an excitement. It should be, wow, I get to serve Christ. I get to love people the way Christ did. I get to do that. I get to show people who Jesus is. I get to show everybody who Jesus is. So it's very important that everything you do and the way you act is always Christ-like. You say, wow, that's hard to do. Well, yes, it is. But that's what we must do. And when we blow it, we have to repent and keep on keeping on. As I said back when I was in school, keep on trucking. 
Keep on going. Keep going forward. No matter what happens. You know, when, you, when you're driving and you come to a roadblock or there's an unexpected accident, we, gotta, we can't stop. We can't stop. So we usually try to find a way around it, right? You know, my dad was a truck driver for 50 years plus, and I, especially if I'm in North Carolina, South Carolina, he probably knows almost every road there because he used to deliver stuff everywhere. And so... I, there's been many times I come to a roadblock. I said, I'm at this, I'm on the interstate, I'm at this exit. How do I get around this thing? And most of the time he's, oh, if you'll just take this exit and go up here and you go around, you'll come back out. He was the best GPS. <laughs> I still call him sometimes. And he kind of gets upset if you don't call him. Because he loves to say, well, you know, I helped so and so. I helped Bill do this. He had to call me the other day. He didn't know where to go. He gives good directions. So we need to live for Christ. And that requires James 1.22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. There's powerful instruction in God's word. And if we just don't read it and just hear it, and we don't hear God speak to us and just, oh, that's good. It's more than good. It should put us into action. You know, if you start practicing something, you get better at it, right? If you take God's Word and you start living it and practicing it, you get better and better and better at it, just like you do your job or anything else. If you're, um, you know, when, when you're in school, if you applied the right things, if you did what they said and you kept, you know, in order to pass the test, you got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it, right? And I'm trying to learn a second language, and I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. I don't always do it right. You know what I found? I've got to tell you this. This is awesome. We cleaned out last weekend. My sisters came. Was it last weekend? Yeah. And my dad wants to clean his attic out. I don't want y'all to have to do it when I'm gone. I think he wanted to see what was up there so he would, we wouldn't throw away what he didn't want. And my sisters, you know, I was, I was in the attic pushing it down to him. And my sister, one of my sisters says, look what I found. You're going to love this now. It was my third-year Spanish book. <laughs> and I actually had filled out a lot of the answers in there. I don't know how I did that. Because I didn't pay that much. You can tell I never paid a lot of attention to it. But had I applied myself and maybe finished the rest of the book, I might be better at speaking Spanish than I am today. But what I'm saying is it's more than just hearing it. It's more than just listening to it. It's putting it into practice. It's speaking it. It's talking it. It's acting God's word. It's doing what his word says to do. Or we're just fooling ourselves. We're never going to go forward in Christ. We're never going to know how to do that. We're never going to feel victorious until we do that. And, we, you know, this life that we live, this life that Jesus has given us, it's an abundant life. He said that. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. 
So Christ brings us to this place. And he says, I want you to have the best life that you can have. I want it to be abundantly full. I want it to be rich and satisfying. That's what Christ wants for us. And we can only do that through following his word and his spirit. No other way can we do it. We can't just, it's not, Christ is not something we just fuel, add a little fuel to it and that just keeps us going. No, it has, we have to become what it is. And when we do that, we'll begin to see things happen. And we'll begin to see things change. Amen? It should excite us to know that. I, I want to, if the worship team, if everybody could come back up here. Is everybody still here? I hope. I want us to do that Death Was Arrested song again. And I want you to get excited. Amen? About that. But first, I'm not quite finished. <laughs> John 10, 10 in the Passion says it this way. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter. I like that. And destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. I've come to give it to you in abundance. I've come to give you love in abundance. I've come to give you peace in abundance. I've come to give you everything in abundance. Amen? Everything in abundance. Nothing lacking. More than you expect. He's going to give you more than you expect. He's going to give you power when you need it. To walk through the dark places. He's going to give you life when you need it. He's going to give you love when you need to love. He'll give you all of this. More than you expect. But you're not going to get it by just... <clears throat> what's the old word? Osmosis or whatever you want to call it. Or you're not just going to get it just because you accept Christ. Well, I'll get all that. You do get it, but you've got to get it. You understand what I'm saying? You do get it, but you've got to get it. It's like if I hand you, if I had $1,000 in my hand and I gave it to you, you said, man, that's mine. I got to get it. And you just sat there. Guess what? It's not yours until you grab hold of it and get it. It's not, the word of God is not yours until you get it inside of you. You're not going to live this abundant life until you get the word inside of you and put action to it and do it. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. And that's what he wants us, because that overflowing goes out to people. It's just going everywhere. You know, if a, if, a, if, a, if a lake or a pond or a river overflows, it just goes wherever it can go. Right? Just covers everything. Well, that's what should happen inside of us. And it overflows in us. There's power in the resurrected name of Jesus. There's power in that name. And it didn't stop then. It keeps on and on and on and keeps going and going and going. And I added something this morning about God's love. God's love is constant. It's like, mm, it never changes. Love. And it goes on and on and on. And it's a straight, constant line. It don't go down and up according to the way you feel or don't feel, according to what you do or don't do. No, it's love. And it's up here, and it keeps rolling and keeps flowing, and it's constant, constant. And it never fluctuates. 
Something that constants does not fluctuate. It doesn't move sideways, up and down, or anything. It's not a squiggly line. It's a straight, constant line. And it's just love. You know, the love of Jesus, as we've learned out through this whole thing, Is all his love was all fueled by unconditional agape love. We should be the same way. We should be fueled by unconditional agape love. I don't care if the person that he wants you to love doesn't look lovely, doesn't act lovely, doesn't treat you lovely. You still have to love them. And it's only with his power that you can do that, Right? Through your human nature, you can't do that. I can't do that. It's only through him. And that love was perfected 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago. When he died on the cross and then he was resurrected from the dead. It's that perfect love. It was perfected. That unconditional, unstoppable love. You know, what we need to do today is we need to make it a priority in our life. To not let the resurrection of Christ just be a happening. To let it be more than just life moving, but it needs to be life changing. And it, that love needs to, it, it, the only way that love keeps going forward is through me and you. To everybody we see and everybody we meet. Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. And let's everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I just want to say this morning that I know there's somebody, I don't know if you're in this room, but I know over the internet, somebody watching. You may have never thought about Christ's love and how it is and what it is. So I'll invite you to think about it. If you don't know Christ, think about it. If you don't know Jesus, think about it. I invite you to accept Christ today. I invite you to accept his love. I invite you to see Jesus, not a person, but see Jesus this morning. And those of you who are Christians and maybe you've been walking in the wrong direction and you felt like, well, I can't walk this love out. I haven't been doing that. Maybe you need to make a, a statement today. Maybe you need to make a mark in the sand and say, from this day forward, I'm going to follow Christ's love. I'm not so concerned about what I want to be. I'm concerned about what he wants me to be. So everybody's head bowed and eyes If that's you this morning, you say, you know what? I have got to turn around and walk that direction. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray for the ones that are watching, the ones in here with their hand up. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that you speak to them today. And that your word wells up inside of them. And they will feel your love this morning in a way, Lord, that's going to make 
have them to say, you know, I need to do this. I want to do this. I want to walk the way you have me walk. I want to share love in the right way. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you this morning for your love. I thank you for the resurrected Jesus Christ as we celebrate today, as we continue to celebrate his love. Father, we thank you as, as we, this morning, as we sing this song. Death was arrested in my life. My life was changed, made new, and I, be, I can become that love. And then as we celebrate together, as we fellowship together, as we eat a meal together. I pray, Father, your blessing upon that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let your anointing flow in this place and let your life shine through us in Jesus' name. Amen.
this rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with the freedom in him. That's when death was arrested and my life began. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, oh your grace so free washes over me. You have made me good now. Life begins with you. It's your Talk a minute and if you want to wash your hands or whatever, you go ahead and do that.